Well, good morning, y'all. Today, we are uh, starting a new series entitled Ancient Wisdom, uh, which is about ordinary people from the pages of the Old Testament who find themselves in an extraordinary set of circumstances where they're faced with some type of a tough choice. Do they or don't they? And the decision that they make in that moment becomes a defining moment for their lives and what we can learn from them. So that's the focus of the next several weeks. And today's passage, uh, today's message is taken from a pretty obscure passage in the Bible that probably this is the first time for a lot of us to be able to encounter this person from the Bible. Um, And so from the pages of history comes this kind of unbelievable story that I think and I hope will inspire us all about the way that we live. In 2 Samuel chapter 23, it's a chapter that is dedicated uh, to listing out the most heroic and famous leaders in King David's army. It lists out about these three warriors who were the elite fighters in his army Uh, And then it talks about 30 more of the greatest warriors that, you know, Israel had ever known. But it talks about kind of this one person who's set apart. It talks about this guy as being kind of the best of the best. And his name was Benaiah. And uh, in Hebrew, his name means God has built. And you certainly get the impression from this story that God really built this guy personally, because let me just read for you what, what made him so famous. Second Samuel chapter 23 says, There was also Benaiah, who was a valiant warrior from Kebzeel, and he did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time, on a snowy day, he chased down a lion into a pit. Now, Just in case you're wondering what makes this story so incredible, normal people run away from lions and they don't chase them down, especially not into a pit. They run the opposite direction as far and as fast as we can get away from those things, right? Um, Most of us have only encountered lions at the zoo where they're safely secure and we can safely observe them from a distance, Uh, but Shelby and I were actually married in Africa, and so we had the opportunity to go on safari, and we got up and close and personal with these critters. And it doesn't take a lot of imagination to know why these things are called the king of the jungle, because they are huge. So I'm going to share with you some of our safari pictures uh, this morning. Uh, these, uh, these can give you an idea of just how big these lions really are. Um, lions are six feet long, so I'm 6'2". Uh, they're six, six feet long, and they weigh more than 500 pounds. They can run 35 miles an hour and leap something like 30 feet in a single bound. Its jaws are so powerful, powerful enough to bite through the bones of a skull, and its paws, look at those paws, those paws are so big and powerful that can really just kind of cut through and annihilate anything. Suffice it to say, you don't want to mess with one, right? 
It would be like challenging The Rock to an arm wrestling match. You're not going to win. So for all practical purposes in this situation, Benaiah is seemingly screwed, right? He doesn't stand a chance against this lion. However, it doesn't stop him. Because for whatever reason, Benaiah decides not just to stand up against this lion this day, but he decides to chase him down. And so today's message is entitled, Becoming a Lion Chaser. So, I hope you're all getting a picture about what's going on here right now, because it appears that somehow, in the middle of this chase, the lion makes a critical error. It slips. And I'm going to guess that's why the Bible says that it's snowing out that day. It's slippery, and the lion ends up falling into this pit. So the incredible thing, though, is that Benaiah jumps down into the pit with the lion. Now, I'm just telling you, if I am ever find myself chasing down a lion, and it falls into a pit, I'm good. Right? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm done with him. He is no longer... A threat. I'm not jumping on down, but not Benaiah. He jumps down into the pit to finish what he set out to do. The Bible doesn't say whether or not he had a weapon that he used to fight off the lion or whether he used his bare hands, but considering the fact that you know lions hunt anything from wild boar to water buffalo, Benaiah would have been no problem for this lion. He would have been like a light lunch. And I would have to say that Benaiah's chances are about a million to one of ever walking out of that pit alive, especially when you factor in that it's snowing and it's slippery. Advantage goes to the cat, right? Scripture doesn't give us a blow-by-blow description of exactly what happened on that snowy day. But what we do know is that when all was said and done, The lion was dead, and Benaiah climbs out of the pit alone and victorious. Now, if we can use this image of a lion as a metaphor for chasing down dreams and overcoming adversity, Benaiah, I think, did what lion chasers do. They defy the odds. They don't focus in on all the things that could go wrong. While they take calculated risks, they don't run from the risk. They don't run from their fears. Lion chasers don't avoid risky situations, and they don't back down from making tough choices. I don't know this for sure, but I'm guessing that all of us, at one point or another in our lives, that we've all encountered some lions in our lifetime. We've fallen into some pits. We've weathered a few snowy days where it felt like our back was up against the wall. And, you know, maybe it's a a God-sized dream that just scares you even thinking about it. Maybe it's, for somebody else, it's some addiction or issue that has 
control of you and you find yourself at the bottom of this pit that feels like you can't get out. Or maybe there's this cloud of self-doubt or depression that has caused you to question everything and it feels like you just can't rise up and overcome it. Whatever it is for you, I'm convinced that all of us have like this one lion chase in our lives. We're one lion chase away from fulfilling our dreams and getting freed up to live the life that God wants us to live. And I can't promise you that it'll be a short chase. I can't promise you that it'll be an easy chase. I can't promise you that you'll even come out of that pit unharmed. But what I can promise you is if you are determined, you will get out of that pit eventually. And where you end up in your life will come down to how it is that we react when we cross paths with those lion moments in our lives. The decisions that we make, the paths that we take, those defining moments that define us for the rest of our lives. In other words, life comes down, I think, to just a few choices at critical moments that we face in our lives where we go left when everybody else is going right. We act with a sense of passion instead of fear. We choose to move in a direction that God is leading us to instead of going with the rest of the pack. We take the narrow path and it changes everything. The Bible says that Benaiah went on to have a brilliant career. Second uh, Samuel 23 says, Once armed with only a club, Benaiah killed an Egyptian warrior who was seven and a half feet tall, who was armed with a spear as thick as a weaver's beam. He wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. Deeds like these made Benaiah as famous as the three mightiest warriors. He was more honored than the other members of the 30, though he was not one of the three. And David made him a captain of his bodyguard. So King David puts Benaiah in the most prestigious position of being the captain over his bodyguard. Now, I can't say that I would ever wish to be in Benaiah's shoes where I was coming face to face with a lion in a pit. But you have to admit one thing. It sure looks good on your resume, doesn't it? I mean, when you're the king and you're trying to find the right person and, and hiring somebody to be in charge of your personal bodyguard, those people that are going to protect and save you eventually, and you're going through this stack of resumes, and you come across one that just has one thing written on a piece of paper that just says, killed a lion on a snowy day in a pit. Nailed it, right? He's your huckleberry. I, I can't help but wonder if David himself didn't see a little bit of himself in Benaiah. I mean, they had such kind of close past. Because if you connect the dots, David himself was a lion chaser. right? When David was younger, he was in charge of King Saul's bodyguard, primarily because of what he did to the giant Goliath, 
But we also read earlier in his life in 1 Samuel that when David was a young shepherd boy, that he would chase down lions and kill them when they came after his sheep and in order to protect them. And he went on to become king. You see, I think that lion chasers get opportunities that they wouldn't normally get a shot at because lion chasers grab life by the mane, so to speak. As you read through the scriptures, we see that Beniah not only heads up King David's bodyguard, but after David dies and his son Solomon becomes king, Beniah is actually promoted to the head of the entire Israel army and now is overseeing more than 24,000 men. It's just this amazing success story. But it all started with an ordinary young man who all of a sudden found himself in an extraordinary set of circumstances, and he made a tough choice. He made the difficult decision to face down the lion in his life. You see, the simple definition of success is not winning. Success is doing the best that you can with who you are and what you have, and that when you go to bed at night, you know you did not run from the tough choices, but instead you have made the most of every opportunity. Every day of our lives, we are faced with adversities and challenges, and how we seize those moments, it makes all the difference. I mean, most of us would like to have opportunities neatly packaged for us with a big bow on top for us just to unwrap, right? We want our lion cooked medium rare and served up on a silver platter for us. But life doesn't work that way. And so the challenges that we face, they ain't so pretty when they present themselves, And most of the time, they look like big, hairy problems rather than great opportunities. But from great adversity is born great success. It honestly doesn't matter how big and scary is the adversity that you are facing down. The issue really is quite simple. How big do you think your God is? And do you believe At the end of the day, he's got your back. The thing I've learned about God is that he loves it when it's like against all odds. It seems impossible. He lets us deal with our own stuff in our own way, on our own, right up until it seems like we can't do it any longer. And then he shows up just in the nick of time. His timing is not our timing, but he always shows up. His idea of what a good result is is not necessarily our idea of a good result, but he always shows up. Let me ask you this. What do you think would have happened if Benaiah would have actually been killed and eaten by the lion? He would have looked absolutely foolish, wouldn't he? I mean, I'd be up here preaching a sermon going, Hey, now don't follow Benaiah's example. Can you believe that? That's like a really reckless way to live. Everyone would be saying, can you believe that Benaiah? Like he really believed he could like kill that lion? How ridiculous, right? 
There was no greater lion chaser in the Bible than the Apostle Peter. And I can't help but think about the story of when the disciples are in a boat in the middle of a storm and Jesus comes to them walking on the water. And Peter is so enamored with what Jesus is doing. He says, Jesus, just command me to come and walk on the water and I'm going to come out there with you. Jesus says, all right, come on. So he gets on out of the boat and he starts walking on the water and he's doing great right up until the time he realizes, oh yeah, I can't walk on water. And he starts to fall. And Jesus grabs his hand and he looks at him and says, oh, you of little faith, why'd you doubt? But the fact of the matter is, the point of the story, he chased that lion down, right? While the other disciples stayed safely in the boat, he chased that lion down. It doesn't always necessarily come out the way we want it to come out, but you got to chase it down. I, I think you have to ask yourself, Am I a lion chaser or a lion chaser criticizer? Right? There are those people who are willing to chase down the lions in their lives and get out of the boat and step out in faith and follow God and follow their dreams no matter how crazy or insurmountable the odds. And then there are those who are just content to sit there in the boat safe and armchair quarterback the entire thing and criticize those who are out in the water taking the risk just waiting for them to screw up so they can sit there and shake their heads and go oh my this is the reason why i didn't get out of the boat in the first place right it's ridiculous but lion chasers aren't afraid of doing what seems ridiculous to others they don't worry about what other people think of them They are just single-focused on the mission that is set in front of them, and they believe that God will come through for them somehow, some way, when there seems to be no way, God shows up. I can tell you that I've had to um, overcome some pretty serious adversity in my own life to get to where I'm at today in my own career. If you'd have told me that this inner city pastor's kid who came from nothing would one day become a builder and developer of high-rises, I would have told you, you were crazy. Let me just let you in on a couple little secrets, and then after I reveal these to you, I'll ask Eric Zapchank up in the booth to just erase these so that nobody finds out about them. Um, Every week, I put on a hard hat And I walk the job sites that I have going on, and I work out construction-related issues and negotiate with subcontractors every day. But here's the truth about me. I can't even drive a nail straight. Like, seriously, when we're on a work trip in Nicaragua and the head of construction is bored and he wants a little entertainment, he hands me a hammer and some nails, He calls all of his friends over, and he says in his Spanish, hey, Don Darren is about to use a hammer. Let's all get together and have a beer and watch. Because whatever takes them about three whacks at the hammer to get something done takes me about 30, because I just can't seem to hit that little nail of the head straight. Save my life. I have to routinely raise money to do my projects, and so I... It's all based on the financials that, that I help to create and, the, and the, the financial formulas that I help to figure out. These are like $100 million deals. But I have to tell you, 
I tap out at third grade math. Like when the kids are sitting there and they need help with calculus or trig, I shrug my shoulders and I call Shelby because I got nothing for them. As part of my job, I have to meet and negotiate with some of the top money managers in America who come from prestigious schools like Harvard and Yale. But the truth is, I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks, and I have an inner city education, and I can barely put together a grammatically correct sentence most of the time. It doesn't happen. I'm very challenged. And so with all of that, all of the adversities that I've had in my life to be where I'm at today, I have to tell you that I am completely dumbfounded that I get to do what I do. But I am very grateful because there's no way that I should ever, ever be given the opportunities that I've been given. But no one handed it to me. I had to go and chase it down and kill it. And I have to tell you that my first big break looked much more like a big, hot mess than it did like the perfect opportunity to build a beautiful high-rise. But I had to chase it down. I had to get into the pit. I had to roll up my sleeves. I had to do the work to get it done. Now, I wish I could say that every lion chase um, would end up with a lion skin hanging on the wall. No offense against PETA or no animals were hurt in the baking of this message. Uh, But what sets lion chasers apart is not the outcome, right? It's not the result. It's going after and chasing these God-sized dreams that are set in front of us because I feel like that's what grows our faith. That's what makes us stronger. That's what builds character, even if it doesn't work out the way that we think that it needs to work out. Lion chasers don't let their fears or doubts keep them from doing what it is that we believe that God has called us to do. I was just thinking uh, the other day about all the things that I love about Westridge, and one of them is that we have so many lion chasers like in our congregation. I remember when we were a much smaller congregation, and we were meeting at Elgin Community College, and I wanted to float the idea of building a building, building our own building. And so I presented uh, the idea to a group of leaders in this, that's actually in the dance studio of Elgin Community College, and I just said to them, if, if we can raise the money today to do some architectural feasibility studies, I would take that as a sign that this is the right thing to do for us to pursue. And without even blinking, Kathy Burheit raises her hand, and she commits money that she doesn't have right there in the spot. I mean, it was this, like, huge sacrifice, but she felt this fearless leading of God that this was the right thing to pursue this dream. And I have to say that as a result of her fearlessness, we all found the courage to go forward to create this beautiful building. And I could go on and on through the years, through the last 23 years of lion chasers around here who have overcome addictions, people who have climbed their way out of financial pits and turned their lives around, people who, when faced with hard times that looked ridiculous to the rest of the world, they made tough choices, and it changed their lives forever. And that's what creates this beautiful community of imperfect people. 
that creates a strength and a faith for us as a congregation. So, let me ask you, what lion is out there that God is calling you to chase down? Far too often, we stop chasing our dreams because it's too much work, or we just get too tired, or it's not the right thing to do because it doesn't feel safe, or we start chasing the wrong things, and we start going down the wrong path. Don't focus in on all the reasons why not to. Focus in on the one reason to go out and roll up our sleeves and do the work and take the risk to chase it down. The one thing I've learned through the years about chasing lions is that dreams become a reality by conquering our fears, by overcoming the obstacles one opportunity at a time. And most of the time, the stuff that looks like a big old scary lion is nothing more than just a little kitten who wants his belly rubbed. I mean, what could possibly go wrong there? I want to be one who is willing to jump down into the pit and stand in front of a line on a snowy day and face down my adversities, my challenges, my fears, and grab a hold of the dreams that are there in front of me while I still can. Because there will come a day when I can. But I do that because I believe. I have faith that somehow, some way, when there seems to be no way, God will show up. And because of that belief, I believe that he will give us the strength that we need to rise up 